Well, hey, uh, good morning, Brookside. It is uh, great to see you this morning, and I, too, just want to say uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, moms, we want to just honor you. We love Mother's Day around here because it, it really gives us this great opportunity just to kind of hit the pause button in our normal teaching series and just to say, wow, moms, we want to honor you today and really just thank God for you and for the roles uh, that you play. Um, last night, our kids reminded me of how important our mom is. They wanted to bake her a cake uh, for today. They wanted to do a, a three-tiered uh, red velvet cake. And so, yeah, you're imagining it. That's why you're laughing. I didn't even say anything funny, and you're laughing at me. Yeah, so anyway, so we're in the kitchen, and you already thought about it. So that's how that was, and it was far from perfect. And, and uh, it was, you know, it was going okay, but it was messy and, and all that. And, and then at one point, I, <laughs> I opened the oven, and uh, we have three kids. And, um, and it was cool because the, the cakes were rising like they're supposed to. But they kept rising beyond the bounds of the pans, you know what I mean? And so they kept going, kept going, and, and I, I looked at it, and I was like, oh, boy, you know, and, and then and I just shut it, and, and then <laughs> what else are you going to do, you know? And, uh, and then the youngest, classic, he looked at me, and Easton, he's a uh, first grader, he looked at me, and he just kind of shook his head like, who's leading this ship, you know? <laughs> And then, he, and then he just, he kind of whispered to me, because he didn't want mom to hear it, which was, I appreciated. He said, I just wish we could ask mom for her help. <laughs> I was like, story of my life, man, story of my life. But moms, we really just want to say we appreciate you. We value you, and, uh, and we believe that you're gifts from God. And so we hope that you just feel celebrated today and really inspired as you continue to be, to be moms. Um, this morning, I'm excited for where we're going to go. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture that I think is going to really encourage us, but it's also, it's a passage of Scripture that I think it's going to lead us uh, really well this morning. And then we're going to have two gals join me on stage here, and I'm really excited for that because I believe that the things that they'll share with you, their stories and their experiences, I believe they're going to be real um, kind of resetting or refocusing, kind of giving us really, I believe, a grander vision even for how we think about our lives and those that God has entrusted to us. And so really excited uh, for where we're heading this morning. I also want to say this, though, on, on the front end this morning. For many, Mother's Day is actually a very tough day. Um, it's a hard day for many. Um, whether it was maybe a wound from your past, maybe your own family experience. Um, or maybe for you, you would say this, you know, I had a, a dream that never really played out, or it hasn't yet played out. And so that's really puts you in a hard place even this morning. Or for some of you, we know this to be true. Some of you have a, a child that's distant. And so when this holiday of Mother's Day comes around, it actually brings up some hard memories, and it brings up the idea of you have a broken relationship in your life, and, and that's just really hard for you. Or, or lastly, I think of we have, you know, people that this morning, Mother's Day is hard because you've experienced the excruciating pain of losing a child. And uh, we just want to say to you this morning, uh, we see you, uh, we hear you, and, uh, and we want you to know that, that we love you and that, we, that we're really praying for you as well. Um, you know, after the service this morning, um, uh, if you are in any of those realms or any other realm and you just say, this day is a little hard for me, um, and we could pray for you, uh, we want to do that today as a church. And so I even asked my wife, Christine, if she'd join me kind of down in this area. So if that's you this morning, after the service, um, we would love just to pray a blessing into your life. We'd love to do that. Well, let me say this. Um, it's likely that if I sat across from you uh, today and and I just said to you, I said, hey, tell me about the different women in your life and how they've had an impact on you. It's very likely that very quickly you would have a lot 
to say. And maybe you would think of your own mom or maybe you would think of a grandmother or somebody else that, that you would say, man, they just inspired you. They pushed you into a, an area of life that maybe you never thought that you could go or they supported you in a time when you really needed them. You know, throughout history, we see this. We see that moms have such an impact. There are some names and some figures that if I said their names, you would recognize them. And oftentimes what we know when you dig into their stories is this. What they would say is not only was it the grace of God that allowed them to accomplish what they accomplished, but it was a gal in their life that pushed them, that inspired them. Abraham Lincoln put it this way. He said, all that I am and all that I hope to be, I owe it to my mom. Uh, on the day of his mother's funeral, President Grant, he told the preacher, he said this, he said, make no reference to me. He said, my mother gained nothing by any possession I, position I have filled or, or honors that may have been paid to me. And then he said, I owe all that I am to her. You know, I was thinking about my own mom and this week and just some of the things that she's done and continues to do that have really shaped me. You know, I think of Christina, my wife, who intentionally invests and what matters most with our kids, and just the impact that she has into my own life spiritually and in all sorts of ways. I get to see many of you women in this church, and not only do you impact your families, and not only do you impact people inside this church, but so many of you, you're making a very tangible impact in the lives of people in our community. But here's the thing, even though oftentimes you're making a huge impact, oftentimes the people that are making a big impact don't really know that they are. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to remind you of the impact that you're having. I want to remind you of the impact that, that God can have in your life that can be lasting, that can be well beyond you. I want you to leave here today and I want you to be, to be reminded, okay, my life matters. My faith matters. The things that I do, the small things that I do, how I live, it really has an impact in the lives of those around me. And so I want to do that by showing you an example this morning in the scriptures and uh, again, I want to just remind us, moms, grandmothers, but really everyone else too, I want to remind you that each person in this room this morning, when, when your life gets captivated by Jesus Christ, God uses that then to have an, for you to have an impact in the lives of people. And so I hope that you're encouraged and inspired by this example that we're going to look at this morning. We've been in this series as a church going through the, the New Testament book of Colossians. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, this series. We've been getting a lot of clarity around what exactly is the gospel like? What exactly does it mean for you and I to know Jesus Christ? What does that look like? And we've been talking about how when we have Jesus Christ, how he takes us from here to there. How he takes us in life from a place where we've been unforgiven to a place where we're forgiven. He takes us in, in life to a place where we lack purpose, to a place where we're walking in the grace of God. And we're experiencing purposes that are far beyond ourselves in a life that's truly worth living. And so that's where we've been in the book of Colossians. Now we learned this in verse 1 of the very first chapter of this book. We learned who was writing this book to us. And it says this in, in verse 1 of chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. So we've got Paul and we've got Timothy that are delivering this incredible letter that we've been getting these incredible truths from. Now this morning I want to talk to you a little bit about Timothy. And I think it will make sense why I want to talk to you a little bit about Timothy. If you know anything about the Apostle Paul, you know that he had some people that were close in his life. He had some people that made a huge impact on him. He had some people that he wanted by his side. Timothy was one of those people. When Paul wrote Colossians, Timothy was right there. In 1, Peter chapter, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, Paul says this of Timothy. 
And imagine he's describing him this way. He says, my true son in the faith. My, my true son. That's how close they were. And then in, in 2 Timothy, he says this. Paul referring to Timothy, he says, my dear son. When Paul wrote the book of, of, of when he wrote to the church in Philippi, this is how he talked about Timothy. He said this. He said, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. That I also may be cheered, uh, that I also may be cheered when I receive the news about you. I have no one else like him. I mean, that's how important Timothy was to Paul, who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest and not those of Jesus Christ. And then he went on to say this, but you know that Timothy has proved himself. Like, hey, Timothy, I've seen his life. There's a whole lot there. He's proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. They were so close. When there was a problem in the church of Corinth, who did Paul send? He sent Timothy. When the Thessalonians were being persecuted, when that church was under extreme pressure, who did Paul send to encourage them and to lift them up? He sent Timothy. And then when the apostle Paul was really at the end of his life and he knew that his death was imminent, when it was coming right upon him, who did the apostle Paul call for? He said this, Timothy, come to me quickly. Timothy, I don't want to walk these last days without you. So this godly man that you hear about all the time that wrote so much of the New Testament, he looks at this guy, Timothy, and he goes, I love Timothy because I can send him to a church that's struggling and Timothy has deep convictions. I can send him to a place and he'll, his faith will come out. Wherever I send him, he'll be instrumental. He'll lead all sorts of hundreds and hundreds of people to know Jesus Christ. But here's what I want you to notice this morning. Who forged the foundation of Timothy's life? Who was it that was behind this man that the Apostle Paul could trust so well? Who was it? It says this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, he's writing this letter by the will of God in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your, here it is, this is how I think of you, Timothy, of your sincere faith, which, where did it come from? Which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded because I've seen, I've, just, I've seen it lived out in you so much, Timothy. I am persuaded now lives in you also. What I love about the life of Timothy was this. The influence that this man had, hundreds and hundreds of people coming to know Christ. Churches that were struggling. Timothy, you go. A, a man that's dying, that's this incredible man who wrote so much of the New Testament. Timothy, you come to me. What I love about Timothy's life is this. Who was it that was forging the foundation in his life? It was two women. It was his mother and it was his grandmother. And they were forging that foundation in his life long before anyone was watching. The Apostle Paul wrote this in 2 Timothy. He said, but as for you, continue in what you have learned. He's writing to Timothy. And you have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Your grandmother and your mother. How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you, 
Do you think that Timothy's mother Eunice and that his grandmother Lois, do you think that they, that they knew that they would make the Bible? No, I don't think they did. I bet it wasn't even on their radar in the slightest. But you know what they did do? They stayed faithful. They had a sincere faith. And I want to encourage you this morning. Would you latch on to those two words, sincere faith? Sincere faith. Sincere faith is the kind of faith that you just continue to lean into God. It's not even so much about what you maybe formally do in the lives of others, but it's just about who you are. It's about the fact that your heart is attuned to the things of God. Sincerity means that it's, it's just real. It's authentic. It's day to day. It's not real formal, but it just flows from who you are. That's what shaped this man so incredibly well. I had a roommate in college. He was a, this is, this is after I came to know Christ in college, and this guy was just a godly man. I'm so thankful for him. I just had a, was with him just for about a year. And I just watched this guy. Just, he lived differently. He helped me understand what it meant to know Jesus Christ and to begin to, to live for him. And I was so encouraged by this guy, and I, I would ask him at different points about his family and his upbringing and this and that. And, and he said this, his parents were godly people, he said this, the greatest gift that my parents ever gave me was that they modeled sincere, authentic faith. Now, I know his parents. I know his parents to this day. They are not flashy people. They are not perfect. They would tell you this, that they mess up more than they get it right. They would say this, that they've blown it big time. They've regretted things that they've said. They've regretted things that they've done. They've needed second chances. But I'll say this about them. They continued to lean in. They continued to say, God, I want more of you. And as I want more of you, my sincere faith then is going to have an impact in the lives of other people. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Parents, moms, remember more is caught than is taught, right? Your kids are picking up things from you. And I want to encourage you in that. You might feel like life is so hectic and it's just going this direction and that direction. You might even feel like I'm blowing it as a parent, as a mom. Maybe it's a mom of even older kids. I just want to remind you that, that when you lean in with sincere faith, it is noticed and it has an impact. I also want to say this. For some of you, you had a great example growing up. You would point to a mom or a dad that was instrumental in your life on the spiritual front. But for many of you, you didn't have that. You didn't have that at all. And I just want to say to you, when I think about the impact of someone's sincere faith, there might be someone out there that needs you to be a Lois for them or a Eunice for them. Somebody that you would be kind of their spiritual parent. And so I want to I encourage you with that. And again, I want to remind you this morning, what was behind this great man, Timothy? It was these two women that poured into him. Not, I don't think it was big stuff. It was just the small seeds of faith again and again and again. And then lastly, I just want to say this. It's never too late. And I was thinking, some of you, you might be here today and you might say, I've never had a sincere faith. I just want you to know the next chapter in your life could be that. And that chapter could actually have the greatest impact of your life. And so let's lean in. You know, I love this example. I love that Timothy, where did he come from? He came from this place where they sowed seeds into his life of just sincere faith. You know, this morning, I'm really excited because we're going to highlight a mom who has very sincere faith, and um, she's a mom that honestly has been a blessing to, to many of you. 
Um, she has three daughters, and uh, two of them are going to share with us today. And I'm really excited for that. Um, they're all examples of sincere faith. Um, so this mom that we're going to highlight this morning is Mickey Marstead. And um, many of you know Mickey. And uh, Mickey and her husband, Steve, they have meant so much to this church, so much to this church over the years. Um, there are very few weekends, honestly, on the, church, on the, the calendar uh, year when these two aren't serving in some place in this building. Um, most of you know Mickey uh, because she greets you oftentimes when you walk through the doors, and so you've gotten to know her as you've entered the auditorium. She served in that role for over 30 years, and I'll just say this. She's one of the most godly and one of the most sincere people that, that I know, um, and uh, I, I know this about Mickey. Um, when you meet her and when she gets to know you, you quickly feel like this woman genuinely cares for me. That's just the kind of person that she is. And then if you have the opportunity to be around her three kids, um, you can see right away the impact that she's had in their lives. You can see the legacy that she's uh, leaving in their lives. And so at this time, what I want to do is I want to welcome two of her daughters to the stage. Um, so would you uh, welcome them with me, Kirsten Ricketts and Lindsay Elsasser. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, Jeff. So Mickey's youngest daughter, Kelsey, is here as well, and she's got a newborn uh, baby uh, with her. So Kelsey, good to have you wherever you are this morning as well. So you guys, thank you so much yeah. um, for joining us. Um, happy Mother's Day. Thanks. It's a little stressful for me to make you come up here on Mother's Day. <laughs> I um, didn't have to get my kids ready this morning. Hey, that's, that's good. <laughs> sorry, I've never Pat. been up this yeah, early on a Sunday. Yeah. So. Um, but really, uh, not only is your mom a great mom, um, but you guys are great moms. And I have so much respect for you. And uh, so we're just really looking forward to learning from you today. So let, let's start off this way, just to kind of help everybody get to know your family a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your family's story and your connection to Brookside. Yeah, so my parents met in college. Um, they are both raised in churches. I don't think either of them was really pursuing a relationship with Jesus at that point. Um, so they got married in college. My mom put my dad through dental school. And then, um, lucky for us, Pastor Steve ended up breaking a tooth and ended up at my dad's <laughs> brand new dental practice. So, That's awesome. Thanks, Pastor Steve. So he invited yeah. my dad to church and... Um, they went, I think it was about 13 families meeting in a shopping center wow. at that point. And yeah. then um, someone invited them to a potluck. Hmm. And so they went to that. And um, this was the year I was born. So I tell people that, you know, I was born and my parents were like, we need some help. So, <laughs> um, so they went to church. I think a lot of parents feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom did a few interesting things that those couple of years. Um, she suggested that the church hold a casino night in the basement so, uh, to raise money. Um, I like that, were... thinking outside the box, you know? <laughs> 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 Lucky for us, no one made her feel bad. No one made her feel unwelcome or told her that um, awesome. gambling was not something that they were going to use to raise money. And <laughs> so we're still here. So, um, That's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Brookside yeah. was really a launching pad for my parents' faith. Even our family vacations revolved around us being back on Sundays so that my mom could greet. Mm. Back when Brookside was a one coffee pot church, mm. uh, she would make that coffee at our house, and Lindsay and I would hold it up in the back of our van as it would slosh around between uh, church or wow. home. Um, the founding generation of this church was so important to us, mm -hmm. and many of the people that are still standing at the doors and waiting outside of our kids' Sunday school classrooms have likely been praying for my sisters and I for 35 years, mm -hmm. and we are so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. 
My mom wanted nothing more than Brookside to be a place where God would speak to people like he spoke to her so mm. consistently. That's awesome. I yeah. love the pick. Uh, Steve's glasses are back, you know? Those are, pretty, <laughs> those are pretty cool. I think we've got one more here. You two, yeah. yeah. And we were talking about the hairdo, so we, we wanted to zoom, zoom in on those a little bit. Oh, yeah, no. isn't that great? Oh, um, no. That's actually, they told me that that was Steve's idea. Um, that is a mullet worth looking at long time. So. Nice job. Okay. Now, tell me this. When you stop and you just think about your mom's life, um, mm -hmm. what did you learn from her? What did she model to you guys? And then also, what does she mean to your own kids now? Yeah. Um, my parents were new Christians while we were growing up, um, and there are a lot of decisions that they made back then that we thought were really extreme. Um, they were really careful about what we watched. They were really careful about what we listened to. Um, and now that I'm a mom, I look back on that and think, like, I'm so thankful that they guarded us from things that we weren't ready for at those ages. And um, it was really a lot of effort on their part, but something that I'm really thankful for. Um, they really cared about us spending time at church with people who love Jesus. And um, my mom knew the things we struggled with and we'd wake up in the morning with a new verse taped to our mirror or oh, wow. just a word of encouragement um, just over us. And we always knew she was praying for us because she told us all the time. Yeah. Um, she's also a really great Nana. Um, there's a lot of things that um, as a mom, you can't always do. And sometimes like if Evie's had surgery, she'll FaceTime her and say, that is really hard, and I'm so sorry that happened, and that gives me the power to do the hard thing while somebody's yeah. walking alongside her with empathy, and yeah, yeah we're really thankful for her. Yeah. My mom's also a really good listener. She mm -hmm. listens to my sisters and I, and she listens to our kids, and when they have something to tell her, she bends down in a little ball and looks them square in the eye, like they're the only one that's in, that exists. Mm -hmm. And in those, in those crouching moments, I just see the attentiveness of Jesus. My mom continues to parent us really well. She holds us loosely and offers us little advice, but she prays fiercely. Mm -hmm. She never criticizes and she pours grace on us. She laid out what she knew to be truth and in God's timing allows us to find it ourselves. She's always been for us, she always showed up. And in the showing up, I came to know the consistency of God. Awesome. Tell us this, like when you think about your mom's life, um, what's one thing that, that you, you know about her that you're thankful for that you now see kind of lived out in your own life? Yeah, um, my mom gives till it hurts. And I think a lot of people have seen this in her. Um, mm. It was such a beautiful thing to watch growing up. If someone needed something and my mom had it, she just gave it to them, whether <laughs> it was a thing or advice or time or energy. Um, she, I've watched God use her to love people in so many ways. Mm. When Jeff was speaking about making a count, I thought of my mom because she's so selfless that sometimes at the end of the day, she is exhausted just mm. from giving and giving and giving. Mm -hmm. um, my mom also loved being a mom. I always yeah. laugh when I see those first day of school pictures where the parents are cheering. I think my mom was probably crying. Huh. Like she, I think she really missed <laughs> yeah. us. Maybe I'm confused yeah. about that, but um, <laughs> I think she might be confused. Let's just go with it. Let's go with it. I mean, she, yeah, anyway. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, she also taught us a fierce loyalty to each other as siblings that is really paying off now that we're adults because, um, yeah, we have a great relationship and a lot of that was my mom teaching us to be for each other. Yeah, you know, that really spoke to me. I actually told my kids about that yesterday, about how that has impacted you guys. And anyway, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. neat. Yeah. 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 
when, my, when Lindsay mentioned my mom being for us, when I went to college, my mom, not necessarily that you want your mom right with you the entire time that you're in college, <laughs> but my mom wrote me cards every single day. Mm. And when I would go to that mailbox, I would know that there would be another card mm. and I knew it would be for my mom. And just, it just was her being ever present um, with me. Mm. Yeah, along those lines, she shows up. I think mm. that um, mm. if there's anything I can count on, it's she's ready to celebrate me with, with me when something goes well. Mm -hmm. She's ready to walk with me when something goes terribly wrong, which yeah. has happened. Um, mm -hmm. When people ask me what to do in a crisis, I always tell them, just show up, because that's what my yeah. mom's always done, and I've learned that from her. Yeah, mm -hmm. one example. Yeah. Now, we know your mom as the person at the doors that greets us, very mm -hmm. friendly, um, and she has done that, like I said, for over 30, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't tell you how many times people have actually pulled me aside, and I've said, hey, um, tell me your story. How did you find Brookside, and, and how's it going, and are you getting connected? And I cannot tell you. It's like nine out of ten times people will say, well, I met this gal at the doors, and I just feel like we're best <laughs> friends, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, I know her. Yeah, she's incredible, you know? But tell us, like, how did that, so we know her that, as that here. Mm -hmm. What was that like at home? How did that get fleshed out at home? Yeah, my mom loves people. She loved my friends. I think that she would bake cookies in high school just hoping that me and my friends would show up. Um, she stocks her fridge full of foods that my kids like, hoping that we'll come, like not even, I know you're coming. Um, and so, um, yeah, we always know that she's ready for us. Um, she also has always told us to just love people where they're at. And I think that that's what so many of us feel when we do see her, um, whether it's the janitor at Children's Hospital or our best friend that we just brought over. Um, she really cares and she asks questions because um, she likes to invest in others. On, and when we were in high school, uh, we even had a friend show up on our family vacation when we went to Colorado. A, and for a teenage reason, boy. A teenage boy that neither of us were dating or later married. <laughs> and and in, that, in that, it felt completely normal because my mom, um, my mom just always had open arms. Mm -hmm. wow. My cousin and I joke that when my mom hugs you, you just start to cry. And it's because you literally feel the love of Jesus that's in her arms. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. You know, I appreciate um, not only your mom, but the two of you and your stories. And um, so share a little bit about that with us, your own journeys. Um, but you've also experienced in that some pretty big trials, both of you have. And so tell us, what have you learned about God in the midst of that on your own? And, and what has he showed you about himself, but also about yourselves through all those? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, John and I have three girls. Um, they're 10, 8, and 6. Lila's our first. Um, John and I got married. She was born a couple years later, and then um, we got pregnant with Evie. Um, a lot of you have heard Evie's story, so I'll just kind of give you a snapshot um, of what happened. For those of you who haven't, um, at, when I was 12 weeks pregnant, I went in for an ultrasound, and um, there was a lot of long pauses, a lot of silence, and the doctor said, you know, we're not really sure what's going on. We can't see her hands, we can't see her feet, and we can't see the middle of her face. So they sent us for, um, to a perinatologist the next morning, and he said, those things are there, but they're very small. So she has some sort of skeletal issue, and we're really not going to know what it is. Um, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, so we waited, and about halfway through our pregnancy, we got a lethal diagnosis. They said um, basically her bones are too weak to support her ribs, so she's, um, if she survives delivery, she's going to die of respiratory failure. Um, so I'd like to say that I fell asleep each night resting in God's provision, but I didn't. Um, There's a lot of crying. There was a lot of um, pleading with the Lord, like, Lord, let me have some time with this yeah. kid, you know? 
started with begging for minutes, and it started with begging for hours. And um, there were a lot of people in this church that really carried me through those days um, when I didn't even know what to pray for. Um, but the Spirit knew, and he surrounded me with people who cared enough to pray for us. Um, I also had a two-year-old that I was, um, you know, if I lose this child, am I going to be able to raise her? You know, am I going to be able to get up in the morning and um, do what I need to do? So, mm -hmm. um, Evie was born September 19th. She did have labored breathing. We held her, we, we watched, we waited, um, and she didn't pass away um, that day. So that was the beginning of a big mess of doctor's appointments and diagnoses and um, kind of walking through the fire, but um, we had her with us. And so um, uh, when she was two weeks old, she was accurately diagnosed with hypophosphatasia and we started a clinical trial right away. Um, so she was then receiving injections Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We'd spend about three hours at the hospital each of those days and now she gets, she still gets injections six days a week, every day but Thursday, but she's growing and um, she's thriving. So God answered my prayers of um, not only allowing her to survive, but uh, showing us how to really live. Um, you know, our first prayers were for breathing, then it was for walking, right. then it was, I hope she can go to school someday. Um, so she's had nine surgeries, um, three on her skull and several on her feet, and she's walking and running and going to school. And um, yeah, it's a really beautiful thing. And this church has really walked through that with us. I was, when I was sitting over there, I saw Amy Kieser, and it reminded me, I joined a Bible study the week before Evie was supposed to be born because mm. I was so panicked that if I lost her, I wasn't going to have a reason to get up in the morning. And I remember sitting down and the lady saying, well, it's our first week. Does anyone have any prayer requests? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I dumped that on a group of women I didn't know. And then a couple weeks later, um, after we were out of the hospital, I brought Evie with me and we were sitting and Amy was talking and she started to cry and I got up to leave and she said, I've never been so happy to hear a baby cry. Wow. And it was such a gift to me. I will never yeah. forget that. Um, so thanks, Brookside, for walking through that with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, after Evie got off oxygen, we decided um, to pursue foster care for our youngest. And so um, we got Aliana yeah. when she was one, um, thus completing our three girls. Um, <laughs> That was, another, uh, that was another example of waiting patiently on the Lord and knowing yeah. that um, he knows best, not me, and that she could end up in our home and she could not, but I could trust yeah. him to yeah. guide us through that. On the morning that Evie was to be born, um, Pat and I have four kids, seven, six, four, and two. And the morning Eve was going to be born, um, after two years of waiting, we found out I was going to be pregnant with Henry, or I was pregnant with Henry. In that wait, God allowed me to experience what it was like to not be in control. Even though I knew that God knew best, that unknown was pretty suffocating. And I'm sure many of you who have, wait, who have lived in that struggle, or are currently there, can feel that too. And it can make Mother's Day a really hard day. I want you to know that no matter what is or has happened, that God sees you. Our son Graham was born with an arm that didn't function, and in that, God showed up as he does, building that faith muscle, and it was like, it was like he was saying, I am the God that you can trust. Mm -hmm. When Samantha was born, we experienced our beautiful nightmare. I had a normal pregnancy, yet a couple hours after her birth, her breathing became shallow and they moved her to the NICU. On day three, um, Henry had brought her up a little tutu when my grandparents came to visit. My mom was here greeting, so she wasn't there. Um, <laughs> 
but <laughs> the nurse and the doctor felt like things were going a little bit south, and so they wanted to run one more test. Mm. When they ran that test, the medical staff rushed in and the doctor rushed out. He told us we had a third of a chance we were going to lose her, a third of a chance she would need a heart and lung transplant, and a third of a chance she would recover in some form because she was drowning in her own blood. The doctors rushed her to the ambulance and Lindsay picked Pat and I up in that blue van and we drove down Dodge Street. And every time the ambulance would slow down, I was sure they were turning around because she hadn't made it. The ambulance pulled up to Children's and I remember saying, is she alive? And they said she was. They rushed Pat and I to a small room, the room you never want to be in. And the doctor came in and briefed us on what was going on. And all I remember saying is, I trust you because I trust my God. And um, it was about, um, it was a privilege at that point in time to have to put that stake in the sand. I remember Pat and I thinking, we have said forever that we believe all of the promises of heaven to be true. Mm. And do we believe it enough that we can hand this baby over for eternity um, to our God? And that answer was yes. Mm. 30 minutes later, the doctor came in and he said I'd cut her open to put her on the heart-lung bypass machine. But the ENT was late. And while I was waiting, I started to watch the numbers and they began to improve. I don't know what to tell you, but sometimes you stand by a bed and you know there's a creator. A third of our daughter's blood was in her lungs, and when they took that next picture, the blood was gone. It was a miracle that she was alive, and at week three, um, the last doctor that we met with said, we don't know why she tried so hard to die, and then she just came back. John 11:40 said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? My mother, who was there after that test, said, stop worrying and take your gift. Mm -hmm. After a year of looking, her chart says idiopathic, and what that means is they have no idea why she crashed and no idea why she got better. Mm -hmm. a, a couple years after that, we got to have Teddy, and he's our fourth in our face blessing. He's full, he's full of life, and he's full of ornery. And after Samantha, <laughs> we didn't think we could take any more of the unexpected. Um, but God allowed us to step in the fire, knowing already what that burn felt like, but he allowed us to experience more of him. Mother's Day can bring out all of the feelings for so many women, so many of the beautiful and so many of the broken. In the beauty of our love for our kids, we experience a sliver of how much God loves us. And in the pain as we watch them forge their own roads alone, we experience a little bit of, or we experience the pain of what God must feel mm. when he watches us try to do life without him. You guys, thanks so much for sharing your delicate stories. Um, they inspire our faith, don't they? Don't they give you a big picture of who our God is? It's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, tell us, what's maybe one final thought that you guys would have for the ladies here today? What would you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of days I wake up and I look at my husband and my kids and I think, I am not enough for you guys. Mm -hmm. And I know that some other people might feel that way. Um, mm -hmm. The beautiful thing is that Jesus says his power is made perfect in my weakness and he just wants me to walk with him. You know, he says, love me and love others. And in doing that, um, I can do my job well. Yeah. So I can look back and see times before Evie when I know he was preparing me for what I'm doing now. And I can walk with him knowing that he's preparing me for what is coming next. Yeah, mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, things are messy and sloppy and held together by a string at times. Uh, sometimes our kids have shoes on, many times they have two left shoes on and I still feel pretty good about it. <laughs> the thing that I cling to is to have high expectations with the big rocks and low expectations with the things that don't matter quite as much. 
The gift that I was given in Samantha's tragedy was to hold loosely, really to everything, with open arms and a loose grip, because our kids are eternal, and they were God's before they were ever ours. Just seeing my responsibility to pour into the kids all of the precious truths that I know, um, it's not sports, it's not their grades, it's not whether they get the perfect job someday, it's not even whether they come home for Christmas or speak to their siblings, but if nothing else, that they would choose life with Jesus. The greatest gift my mom gave us was her sincere faith. And if you're not quite sure what you believe or what to pour in, you owe it to yourself and your kids to press into that faith journey further. God is standing at the door and he is knocking. He's waiting for you to open it up so that he can come in. And what my mom would say would be, take your gift. Awesome. So well said. Let's uh, show our appreciation for these guys. Moms, we, uh, we hope you've been blessed this morning. I asked uh, Kirsten and Lindsay if they would just pray for you um, as we close, and then we're going to sing together. So yeah, would you guys pray, pray for us? Father God, we thank you for being the God who fills in the gaps. We thank you for being the God that heals the things that are hurt and the things that are broken, and for being the God who is with us always. God, thanks be, thank you for being present with us. God, thank you for your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, I pray for your presence in our homes, in our works, in our, with our kids. God, be present in our hearts and minds as we um, love our families and as we love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's stand together and we'll close the song.